that? It's sizzling. What's sizzling? <laughs> no, I wasn't joking. I can hear sizzling. What were you sizzling? My cucumber. Why is your cucumber sizzling? I told you what I was doing. You were trying to straighten it with what? Oh, no. What? You were trying... You Did you put your hair straighteners on your cucumber? <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Welcome back to About Bloody Time. It's the episode we've all been waiting for. I recommended Heads Will Roll to Zoe, and Zoe recommended The Name of the Wind to me. And I have been for years. <laughs> but uh, the only reason I agreed was because she decided that she was going to play Mass Effect, and it was part of the deal. If I listened to Name of the Wind, she would play Mass Effect. And as this is a book club where we trade books... I also got to suggest Heads Will Roll by Kate McKinnon. So it's been quite the trade for me. Oh, it's strange because I think you're getting more out of this than I am. But I'm also also getting my own way. And I'm surprised that you let that happen. Uh, I'm getting less out of it than you. I felt like I was getting more at the beginning. But you'll learn why I feel like I'm getting less than you. Okay. That's ominous. Yeah. I hope you uh, you will enjoy what is to come. We will be talking about Heads Will Roll and Name of the Wind in detail during this episode, so I'm sure we don't need to tell you, but there will be spoilers ahead. So, I recommended Heads Will Roll by Kate McKinnon, the Queen, and Emily <laughs> Lynn. Um, uh, I really enjoyed this book personally that's why I recommended it Uh, I found there were lots of funny bits that I uh, felt uh, Zoe would get along with would would kind of empathize with so um, (laughs) what was your first impression of Heads Will Roll? I feel really bad now because you just said that you thought I was going to get along with it and I didn't like it to start with. How very day. <laughs> I just, really I found did. it quite hard to get into. Um, mm. I've listened twice just so it was like fresh in my mind before we recorded this. Yeah. Um, and the second time I found it a lot better at the beginning just because I kind of knew the characters. It just felt like a bit much to start with. Yeah, um, when... Yeah, when I first, uh, when the first episode, get, getting into the first episode was quite difficult for me too, but I felt like, well, I only recommended it to you after like the third episode. So oh, I didn't then, know that. I thought you'd finished it all. Had I? Well, I don't know. I don't think you specifically said I I would have just assumed you'd finished it. No. <laughs> never, never assume anything. No, I should have learned by now. Oh, okay. So other than the fact I didn't really like it at the beginning, um, I I really liked the casting in it. Um, every time someone new popped up, I was like, oh my God, it's so-and-so. Like Tim mm-hmm. Gunn as General Galifar. That was just great. I was sat there. I was like, it can't be Tim Gunn, but it is Tim Gunn, but it can't be Tim Gunn. I was like, I know yeah. that voice. Oh, I, I knew it was Tim Gunn the entire time because I'd read the cast list. 
And I, I forgot that we had watched Project Runway together. You were the reason I knew Project Runway. So I didn't think you would recognize him at all. So I was just like, oh, it's not him that would be the selling point. It's Kate McKinnon all the way. I was so pleased. As soon as I heard him, I just thought, this is great. This is really funny. <laughs> but that's so, yeah, actually, that's one of the points that kind of annoyed me. Um, mm-hmm. It's Tim Gunn and he's fabulous, but somehow he gets beaten by the sirens. Um, Merlin, there's, it's Jonathan. It's Jonathan, Merlin. Tim Gunn is be... a thousand times better. Tim Gunn can be as fabulous as he likes, but there are like four, five fabulous guys. And you take three of those fabulous guys and maybe you'll get a Tim Gunn. But you take five of those fabulous guys? I have to argue with that. I think no. take Anthony out of the equation, Tim Gunn would have them. Put Anthony in the equation, sorry, Tim Gunn. Okay, so you're saying four. Four makes a Tim Gunn, but then an Anthony makes a, a mega Tim Gunn? I don't know. <laughs> Avocado Tim Gunn. We should just have, like, a cartoon battle between them and see who wins and, re- like... Oh my god, but, and they all like um like Mighty Morphine Power Rangers, all the Zords <laughs> get together <laughs> to create like the ultimate queer eye. I love it. <laughs> I, no, I re- I did think that Tim Gunn would win. I I uh, did as well. I thought he was gonna come in and save the day, but then it was Mummy. It was it was Mummy because mummies are the only people who know how to tear you down with a word. Oh, the cutting remark. But you know, sassy men can uh, can uh, tear you down too, just not as fiercely as a mum. Hmm. No. And Mortuana's mum went for it. So, who is your favourite character? Because oh, mine... That's a hard one. I, I struggled to find mine when I was listening to it, so I want to know yours first. I... I think I'm going to have to say the bridge troll. The bridge troll. The she one was... that reminds you of me. Yeah, kind of. But also she was <laughs> the funniest. Um, I like the characters with the funniest voices as well, like Polly the Poison Girl and um, the bridge troll. Yeah. Does she even have a name, the bridge troll? Uh, look, if she does, I don't remember it. No, I don't. We... So you like the Kate McKinnon characters best? Yeah, and I could tell which <laughs> one she was playing. Yeah, you can. She's got a very distinctive voice. Even I mean, when she's doing like quite diverse, stupid voices, you can tell it's yeah. her. Mm, I agree. Um, let's just check. So now you've said the troll, it kind of opens me up to other options. I don't. I'm, I wouldn't say the troll because I personally found that moment. There were precious moments in that section that I loved that I found the most funny in the book, but the the framing around that section, I didn't like. Oh, I um, 100% agree with you. It was mm. most of it I didn't like. The troll was the only bit that redeemed that episode. Was it an section? episode? Or... I think it was the episode. I think it, it got a bit, it felt a bit tired. It you did. It sort of like, went beyond being funny. It was a bit samey. 
Yeah, and I think it's also because it got a bit more serious in that bit. That's when Mortuana and Jojo have their little fight. And yeah. we find Mortuana's dead teacher that mm, she looks I, up to. I think they were trying too hard. Like, they didn't progress the p- plot enough earlier on. So they were forcing the plot forwards a little bit more in this episode. I agree. Um, yeah, that's you've hit the nail on the head there. I think that's a lot of the issue with a lot of books is pacing. It's what happened with I think the Game of Thrones show as well because they, you know, they they take a long time on a journey at the beginning, but then the writers realize, oh, we're <laughs> we're coming to the end and we have nothing wrapped. Let's wrap things up, and because of that, I think it lacks a part of the character it had yeah there was a lot of filling in Mm -hmm. that um and then they just sort of sandwiched the beginning and the end on yeah so speaking of that (laughs) you know (laughs) the negative the negative side of this book um I'm scared that you're going to tear this book apart by the end of this um I did like bits of it um there were just things that I found not funny but then there were things that made you laugh out loud. Come on. Which doesn't happen often. So what was your worst character then? I know you're going to hate me for this. The mm. bards really, really annoyed me. No! My girls! They really... I, I mean, worst character in terms of I hated them. It's not the bards. It would be someone like um, Shantrain or Frigg. Better be Frigg. I mean, Chantrain is irritating, but she's not as bad as Frigg. No, so Frigg can... was just, I hate I just wanted Odin to ditch her and go. Yeah, as, as you can tell, Frigg's my worst character. Um, abusive, that's all I can say. She's emotionally abusive, um, which that those bits were... It's surprisingly with... dark. Yeah. Um... They I were didn't like with humor, bits. but also not taking the piss out of Odin. I felt so sad for Odin that it actually angered me. And I can't. I, if I listened to it again, the book again, I would probably struggle to not to speed through that bit because a frig is so annoying. I was gen- I was cooking when I heard her first off. And I was getting so mad that I was like, I would stab her with this knife if I could. <laughs> Rage Odin, kicking. Odin, you're a bleeding god. Kill her. <laughs> Throw her in yeah, the I, volcano. I struggled with Frigg. But then I also, I struggled with the bards just because they're, they were funny. And I really liked how you learn a bit more about the characters every time they introduced and exited each episode. Through their lies, no less. It That's was just, so clever. The joke was just so overdone, though. Don't you agree? Well, no, no, um, not at all. <laughs> um, as you could probably tell by something we had, a little gift we have later. I really enjoyed the bards. Um, and yeah, I, I fa- didn't. I found um, they're strangely naive um, stupidity. And their compulsive lying to be so funny and like it it 
was the first thing I laughed at and the last thing I laughed at. Actually, it was the first thing I laughed at as well because it caught me off guard. I was just doing a bit of work in the morning and then all of a sudden I hear the bard say, oh, yes, just slithering along the ground like dicks do. And then the other one goes, do they? (laughs) I I find this... They are... I mean, I get where you're coming from. The first few times I was like, where are they going with this? Same place they've been for the last few episodes. But... Like, they frame the world and later on you're like, yeah, I'm really into these because they're, like, stupidly funny. I just imagined us, to, par- to, to shorten my explanation, they reminded me of us. I thought you would find... I, I they... don't want them to remind you of us. I, I can't <laughs> help. But if anyone's listened, you'll know why. Also, I thought it would be a very clever thing for it to turn out to be Jojo and Mortuana are secretly the bards. Yes. That's what I thought was going to happen at the end. I thought it was going to... And I think that might be what what has happened. Oh, what if it is... Because there's talk about there being a season two. I would love it because I would love for it to turn out that Jojo and Mortuana are down on their luck, travelling birds that just make up these complete lies and complete truths and they're framing like their nonsense as lies so when they say that they're not virgins well they're not with mortuana stables they're not they're not virgins but they are lying for some like they make it sound like they're lying and i was unhinged i would love oh my god imagine if Polly the Poison Girl was the one giving them the so-called cat penicillin and it's actually a memory eraser or a memory rewriter. I love how far you're thinking into this just to make me like the bards. I don't think it's going to happen. I love this book. It is a great thing to read when you're playing a game you're bored with. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I was, I was bored with Assassin's Creed Three, and I was just playing it, and I was like, "Oh God, I need something." One of my favorite memories is when she accidentally killed all the children. <laughs> see, that really annoyed me because it was—you could see it coming a mile off. <laughs> but it's funny because it's just Kate McKinnon carries it, and she does. She is good. Right, back on track. So let's talk about. The favourite moment, and I'm guessing I know what this one is. <laughs> so it's really childish, but I have two favourite moments that really made me giggle. And oh. that was, I'll do them in order. So when um, Queen Mortuana gets turned into a tiny, they're <laughs> in the Enchanted Forest. Oh, no. And you're not, I, I, it's probably pretty obvious, you don't eat food that's been left on the forest floor let alone by the tinies um so she turns into a tiny and it's just their little voices their little german voices and then they like press her into like military service and she has to go and fight the fire ants i i found that bit so bizarre like it was it felt kind of out of place and i was jarred by it at first but then I realised... I agree with you with that one. ...why they were doing it. They were doing it to help progress the plot along. And it didn't feel like it at the beginning. But by the certain point, they 
it revealed why she was tiny. It was good. Um, but the thing that made me laugh most was the fact that, that she was obsessed with the fact that her boobs <laughs> had <laughs> become very long and kind of down to her knees. And I still have absolutely no idea why that happened or where it was coming from. But because it's surreal, I love it. That was very surreal. But it was just the little voices. They hey. like give her they give her a like, gun or something and then you hear all the war sounds and like explosions. <laughs> you don't expect like these tiny forest dwellers to be like fighting a war. You're expecting fairies that, you know, even if they're evil fairies, you're kind of well, we, fairies are generally they neutral. The rules of, they follow the, the rules of what you expect a fae to be like. Though. Yeah, they're it, I was expecting either fairy tale fairies or Celtic kind of idea of fairies. Uh, instead, we get World War One level fairies who are about to charge over like the no man land. Yes. <laughs> You're like, okay, this isn't the kind of fairy I was expecting. No, but it was just so random that it made me laugh. And then the next bit, which was even more random, was the troll and her fart rifle. Oh no. It's so childish and I normally don't find things like that funny but it was just her accent the scottish accent when the stuff she'd say afterwards kate mckinnon was quite good at that accent oh she was i can't do it so i'm not even gonna try but it's (laughs) when um queen watchwan is telling the troll to charge up the fart rifle and test it on like the little boys stood over there and she's like i can't do that it's a little boy and then you hear the noise and then the child screams It's just like the sound of the distant scream, and then she just goes, "Oh, I've I've blasted his face off." <laughs> oh, so it's just like the little background noises that help with that. And you know, what I'm like, I fall, I laugh when children fall over. I can't help <laughs> it. I grew up on You've Been Framed and Tom and Jerry. I mean, everyone's laughed at a child falling over. Everyone, all parents have. I know that for certain, or at least my parents have. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, w- I would if I had kids. I once fell face first into cow poo, so yeah. <laughs> I'd have died if you were that if I was there. You wouldn't have been, sadly. I needed someone to help me, but instead my family just dragged me to a river and <laughs> washed me off. <laughs> just dumped you in. <laughs> like the witch trials. Well, <laughs> yeah. They were seeing if I could float, and I can float alright. Um <laughs> Okay, so, yeah. Okay, but other than the child bit, the next funniest bit is where um, the troll blasts away Chantrain when she reveals herself to be evil. I didn't (laughs) see that coming. And it's just the sound effect of her fart rifle and then (laughs) the silence and you just hear, oh, um, her eyes be over there and her toes be on the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you don't expect but then again none of these characters are good guys the whole point is that it's evil queen but you don't expect the supposedly good guys to be <laughs> so blah, like oh the bit um my favorite bit uh one of my favorite bits was uh, the smr where yeah um so carrying on with the idea you don't expect the main characters to be so brutal you expect, you know, your main character to be a good guy. 
and kind of refrain from spilling blood or at and... least have like a redemption arc so she starts mm-hmm. off being the evil queen and she ends being good queen because she sees the light in her journey but instead you get an asmr couple who pick up out of the goodness of their hearts mortuary and dodo at a truck stop and, and they're in their like medieval caravan yeah and they're trying they're trying to be nice they're like they're being as nice as they can and then they're like oh are you stressed i do asmr and then she starts talking with her mouth noises and um mortuana basically just massacres them <laughs> it's, i like i with an really like the bit where um she's like jojo can you just hand me that axe and jojo's like oh mortuana please don't and she's like no no i just want to look at the axe and she's talking about how it has nice heft and stuff. <laughs> and then she slaughters them. Okay, so what was your worst moment? I don't think I had a worst moment overall, but there were a few parts where I thought the plot kind of stalled. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so one of them being the random bit where the female actresses, or the actresses, I should just say, um, <laughs> when they decide to get into politics and they're talking about democracy and who's going to be dictator and then president. Yeah. But yeah, it did stagnate there. And then the bit with Bernabas Fanders, he was really annoying. I I can't remember that. He's the guy that decides he wants a democracy and he's explaining to the people, I thought of this idea, democracy, and I thought of it while I was having my bath. And Mochuan is like, you don't bathe, shut up. (laughs) Um, see that's how like bad that moment must have been because I can't remember it but yeah there were just a few bits where I was just like this isn't very funny can we just move on now people Mm. and some of the adverts um some of them were funny and others were just like why are we doing this one of the adverts made me laugh so hard I had a headache afterwards which one it was like hygiene or something. <laughs> they were advertising like hygiene. <laughs> oh, there was one where they talk about um, if you get the plague or something and you can get a, a face mask to put over your rotting face. <laughs> I just, I just, I think that those are more for people who are really into history and are just like, <laughs> you don't have to be, you know, know a lot about history to find them funny, but you have to be into history. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you can get by with just the vague idea that people weren't as clean and there was a lot more plague and dirt. Yeah, and it's just, uh, I think we have a, quite a bit of different sense of humour, to be honest. Yeah. It happens to, like, work in a Venn diagram. <laughs> and I always guess the wrong side. <laughs> yeah, I think it it could have done with maybe a bit more plotting out, but then... When I watch stuff with Kate McKinnon in it, although she's always amazing and she puts in 100% and everything, mm. some of the SNL skits I don't like. And there's always going to be that bit of humour. I don't think it ruined the book for me. There were just bits that weren't as good. Yeah. But I think that's just the nature of comedy, especially when you're trying to create a sustained comedy where they're holding up this certain pace. Definitely. I couldn't do it. No, me neither. That is why we're doing this instead. <laughs> yeah, we're not critiquing. We have no stand-up or comedy experience. Speak for yourself. I stand up all the time. 
It was terrible. <laughs> My jokes have been awful all day. <laughs> and that kind of proves that we're not com- comedians. It does, yeah. So what was your overall feeling? Kind of summarise whether you would read it again at the third time or... I I didn't dislike it. Um, I think I'm probably a bit ambivalent towards it. Oh, um, there were some really funny bits, and I would listen to it again. I listen to most things again. You're pulling out I'd big have words. To... Yeah, that was the only thing that could come into my brain. I couldn't think of the simple word at that point. You um, decided to waste your big word of the day on your uh, not your highness. That's a completely different <laughs> thing. Heads will roll. Yeah, so that's my big word of the day. But I I would listen to it again. That's what I'm saying. Good. I would just have to give it some time. I think mm. I'd have to let some of the comedy aspect of it fade away so that mm. when I listen to it again, I would still be surprised and find it funny. Especially considering it's so short, you know, you can it remember is. quite a bit of it. And I think there was like a month between my two listens and there were still bits that I forgot. So if I gave it longer then I'd be able to enjoy it all over again. I wouldn't be sat there waiting for the next punchline. Yeah, and maybe like a third time round, you'll get some of the jokes that you didn't perform, vice versa. It's like with all comedy, you fu- you laugh harder if you... Uh, if yeah, I did end. find the whole bit um, where she accidentally kills her... Well, not accidentally, where she takes off the head of the guy that comes to deliver her food order. <laughs> and then she's like, oh no, my bagels! Oh, I have enchiladas in the fridge. (laughs) Oh, dear. I did think that was quite funny. Um, I did like Mortuary. I did like her character, especially the bit where she's in Costco and she's just wandering around going, why am I like this? And I was like, yeah, I feel you. I just just love, um, um, not Mortuary, that's not her name, Kate McKinnon's performances. We didn't mention at all the... um, Amazing performances of Peter Dinklage. Oh, I knew he was coming. I knew we wouldn't escape this. I mean, we can't escape this. He's the A-lister. Is he A-lister? I, I would know. say so. He's the big money. He's the big bucks. He um, uh, he was un- unexpected when like. And he's bit... only in it for like a couple of minutes. No, I was expecting him to be like a recurring character. They could have. I think that's where they went wrong is that they didn't bring back some of these really interesting characters. Because I was waiting for him to pop up again. Because I would love for a mo- like him to become, like, you know how they always have someone who kind of grows as a villain slowly? You So you meet them first off and they seem, like, minor. Mm. Hell, they may even seem pretty good. But then as the thing progresses, they're, like, growing in the background. Until... Kind of like they did with Shan Train, but more well done better over a longer period. Because yeah. the Shan Train thing kind of escalated. She wasn't in it enough to be escalating in the background. I think Peter Dinklage popping up every so often would have kind of built up a a, a better villain. Oh, and just the way that I didn't notice it the first time, but I really did the second time. Just mm-hmm. how many times he says, um, each after their own kind. I was like, yeah. oh, this is chilling. He he will be he would be good as a horror villain. He would. You could hear how unhinged he was. 
Well, the, the actor's not unhinged. The character is. You could hear how the character was unhinged. And it's like... Good. And that was a real, really good bit because I could really see the scene in my brain. You weren't... I, I personally, I was listening to it and I really wasn't expecting how that was going to end. <laughs> and here is a word from our friends, the Bards. I really wish there wasn't. I'm Hildegard the Bard. And I'm Ermengarde the Bard. Sisters in our, in our 70s. 70s. And we're on our way to the Areola to earn our pipes. She means the Aeolian, named after the wind, don't you know? Oh, yes, the Aeolian, not the little bit of nipple. No, no, no. No, 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 no. See you inside. Name of the Wind, I hope, is better than most fan fiction. I certainly think it is. At the moment, I think it's probably probably my favorite book or at least one of them it's definitely up there in my top tier it's definitely a long book yeah and that's the short well the shortest of two okay so i'm still quite scared but what was your (laughs) first impression of the book well my first ever impression don't hate me was that it was confusing and slow and i hated everyone I don't hate you because I agreed. I oh. I agree with you. That's a um, and I did warn you about this, didn't I? Well, I can't remember anything you say most of the time, so I did warn you, and you told me off. Oh yeah, I gave you the vaguest warning ever, and you said that that was too plotty. And I literally <laughs> just said you will. I'm not kidding. I just said you will find the beginning a bit strange and slow, but bear with it. Well, when you say something like, you'll find, I immediately cut off and go, no, don't ruin it for me. (laughs) So, yeah, my first impression was, oh, and I kept on texting. I kept on texting you saying, is this the situation? And you would say yes or no. But it turned out I was right the entire time. I think you asked me the questions badly, but also I didn't want to give away stuff that you learn later on. Yeah. So you're asking me questions I could give you the answer to, but it's not the answer that you need as the reader at that point. You're, so, you're such a sphinx. <laughs> <laughs> you make me struggle on purpose. I know it. Because you're meant to grow with the characters and understand what's going on and I didn't want to ruin any revelations for you revelations what revelations (laughs) actually sounded like you're about to start singing (laughs) (laughs) just a Disney and someone taking a swig of their wine going revelations what revelations throws the wine on the ground and starts belting out a number (laughs) villain number that would be pretty good, considering how dramatic Coif is. And also how I can't sing. Neither can I, so I'm not going to judge. <laughs> yeah, I but, know. I, yeah, fun. But I do agree with your first impression. Um, yeah. It's very, it's quite jarring, especially when you're listening to it, because they've all got farmer accents. Especially when you're first entering into the uh, universe. You know nothing about the world. And yet, so I like... So there is an aspect I do like, and I like that they show, not tell, mm, some I'm bit. I'm glad you've said that. But 
there was the issue with the old man bard thingy going on. Where Cobb. He, Cobb. I don't like that thing happening at the beginning because it. He like, I, coming made, into it for the first time. Yeah, because he made it feel like it was a tell not show situation, and that automatically makes me want to put you back wanna, up. Yeah, but then as you know, they revealed that most of what Cobb says is utter nonsense anyway. Which is quite funny because he's telling the story to the protagonist and absolutely butchering it. Yeah. What did you think of the storytelling? The way the story is told and the the inn and what's happening in the inn mm. isn't the main story. Okay, so I have multiple bullet points going on in my head where it goes bad, bad, good, bad, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. So... I like the interesting format, but I don't like how jarring it is whenever they dra- um, drag you back into the real world, you know, the so-called real world. Um, every time they tell a story, it's a big chunk, and then they're like, intermission or something like that, interlude. And then it goes back into the action of the inn. And it's normally a cliffhanger, isn't it? And you're like, no, I don't care. Just tell me what happens next. But that's kind of the mark of Quoth as a good storyteller because he he knows what he's doing. But it's also kind of ruining the pacing of the actual story because it, you know, you're getting the pace up and then suddenly you drop off the cliff. It's not like a cliffhanger. It's more like a cliff drop because you're continuing with the story, but you're just, you know, you're, you're jarred. It's... I agree. I think because I've listened and read it a few more times, I kind of just see that as how he's portraying Quoth's character and storytelling. Mm. Um, but from the first time, I completely agree with you because like many books, when they switch perspective, I'm just like, I don't care about this character. Tell me about what's happening over there. Like, I care about Bast. Okay, so is Bast your favourite character then, would you say? Oh, his motives are a little wobbly to me um in what way he isn't all that good as a person I mean he's good for Kvothe as a person but he's not good as a person he's kind of neutral and I don't know which way he falls like I will I, I think I'll be able to judge by the end not the bad end of this book, because apparently nothing seems to end with this series. Um, <laughs> but um, he, I want to see where he lands before I make my judgment about whether I like him or not. That's because a good call. I um, would say I like him and I think he's a good character. I wouldn't mind him if he fell either side, but I, I don't like it when he straddles the line. Like, hot if it's a bad guy cute if it's a good guy but as a neutral guy you're like I don't know what I feel about you no way Um, I think he's good I may be completely wrong and we find out some stuff later on down the line like he tickles badgers (laughs) inappropriately (laughs) but I think he's I think he's good but I just like the way he sort of take cares of cope and just the way the story develops I'm still trying to think about my favorite character it's been a week or two since I watched it. No, watched it, listened to it. I wish watched I should watch it. Where? It would be a lot quicker. 
Um, but I think Simi- Simon, Simeon, Simon, Simon, Parsimon. Um, <laughs> Simon, <laughs> Simon, uh, played by Eddie Redmayne. Um, I think he might be my one of my favorite characters. He's a little bit of a wuss, but I feel like he's the most normal person in this world of um, exaggerations. You know, this world he- of exceptional people. He is the most normal of them, other than the other one, Willem. Willem. Sim and Will. Yeah. But I like Sim and Will, and if they're the same person, you can meld them together and go, Sim and Will count as one person, don't they? Yeah. Well, they're a duo, aren't they? Yeah. You always they're count like Fred duos and George. You don't get one or the other. Oh, well. Awkward silence there. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, yeah, Simon, Simon and, Simon and George, Simon and Will. <laughs> I'm, Simon glad and Will that I'm, I'm really glad that you like them because I really think they ground close more and they're so done with this shit. Yeah, they make him into a human, which uh, I struggle with close. He's not my worst character, but he is certainly. So when I think of him, as a man I fancy, with this with the face of a man I fancy, he is a lot more redeemable than if he is the forty year old man I imagined at the beginning. <laughs> like before if they was... confirm that he's a young man. Yeah. If it was Nicolaj Costa Waldo, uh, however you pronounce his name, I'm so sorry if I ruined that. Um I'm not even gonna have any input here. I'll let is... you down that mine if he looked like Nicolaj, he coat as an old man older man yeah I get that he's quite good um and ex- accessible as Nicolaj. but <laughs> Nicolaj as young growth um disturbs it me work. it doesn't, it doesn't work. work does it but also it makes it, he just he's a douche that's the word of the day for both. He's a douche. But as Sam Claflin, I like it. I just like that he's, as far as we know, he's telling the story and he is kind of embarrassed about his teenage and younger self. I mean, everyone, is, everyone is. Exactly. It's natural, isn't it? I mean, we look back in horror. I don't. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, I do. I yeah. look back at horror at the clothes I wore and the hair I had. And I think we all do. It was. <laughs> it wasn't because I was wild. It was because I ha- had an obsession with wearing men's t-shirts and skinny black jeans. Because that was and a vest and your hoodies <laughs> and and my hoodies um, and all of my clothes smelled. Uh, but now it's I'm not clean. that bad. Really? <laughs> That's surprising. Um, now I'm clean and I wear dresses and I have a fringe. And I don't look like I'm trying to be a character from an anime. No. Seek growth. Growth. Growth is growth. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because he I tells think... the story and even he's yeah. done with his with what he's up to. He's just like, uh, I he's think... telling the story and he was like, and it was a bad idea, but I did it. I think Patrick Rothfuss should do a short, like, little book, like the Tales of the Beetle and the Bard stuff. Um, a short book. Um that's just like a parody of a self-help book called 
uh oh god yes growth with clove yeah <laughs> and it'd just be like a little co- it could even be bast telling it oh my god it should be oh that would be so fun i would love that see and just have like little doodles of bast in the corner being like what just happened why oh, did he I'd do love this it. i would so buy it like bast like who let this child out an activity book <laughs> and you're like no you're going too far now well he is like his carer <laughs> i love it um see that's a uh, proof merlin that i don't hate the book i'm spitballing ideas like Which normally means you like it and you fan cast mm. people that you like in it which yes. is a good sign as well yes it is a good sign so most of the time i sound overly critical but the thing is i tend to forget the things i like compared to the things i dislike so yeah i know i know you like your hate train I how dare you (laughs) (laughs) I I know that once you start a rant it's a very slippery slope it gets more and more negative and the more and more negative it gets the less I believe I like it I trick myself and it's disturbing um so yeah um talking about my hate train but I want to say who I like first you can say who you like okay I like both because I like the growth in the character (laughs) <laughs> and right. there are some scenes that I just find so beautiful like when he loses his parents and he just sits in the wood and plays music to mourn them artistically and he learns the songs of the of the forest really I mean I personally found that a bit pretentious and weird but <laughs> we're very different people so I get where you're coming from from like someone who wants to do art of it that would be a beautiful thing. And I think it would be very beautifully, beautiful as a visual storytelling. Mm. But reading about it makes me feel like he's just a, an apathetic douche. <laughs> I I just, I like him as a character. Because That's although probably. he's, he is problematic, I'm not going to lie. And he's incredibly stupid for a smart when you, person. When you say problematic, you don't mean it in a J.K. Rowling and Joss Whedon problematic way. You mean it in a... He just does disaster after disaster. He does. He just... He messes things up so badly that he messes up what he's messed up and therefore mm. fixes it. He is the yin to his own yang. He is. He's just chaos. He's he's an utter nightmare but it's so funny and especially when he's telling the story and he's like oh yeah I I did that that was bad I like it that people just assume that he meant to do these things and he's like yeah I totally meant to do that and then starts the rumors and builds the story so who is your worst character or characters oh (laughs) well I'm not going to say Kvothe because you'll kill me (laughs) so it's uh, Denna because she's not written as a sympathetic character I mean he tries to be sympathetic and all that and I know like I personally know that in the kind of world that they're living in it's a very difficult time for a woman and stuff like that but knowing and seeing is a different thing so I know that she's struggling and I know that she's co- under constant threat of being harassed and all this stuff. And she's constantly flittering about and, okay, I get what she's doing. But when you see it happening in the story, 
it doesn't play off right to me. Like I feel I'm like glad it... you've said that. I just like the fact that she's not she's not being portrayed as the perfect female partner for Quoth. I mean, he obviously has a thing for her, but he can also see that she's not that great. Yeah. Everything you know about her is told secondhand through quite a bit of exposition. Mm. You're not learning anything about her naturally. And it's filtered third hand, basically, because Quoth is telling you what someone else has told him about this woman. So it's filtered through the eyes of two men already. And even then, you're not sure if those per- those people have known personally. So you... It makes her quite mysterious. I don't like the trope of a mysterious woman, though. The mysterious no, woman... but I didn't find it too tropey because he wasn't... I mean, he is head, head over heels for her. But he it's not like he's trying to tell the reader that she's perfect no he uh, he explicitly stated at like at one point which did jar me quite a bit was when he was like oh i got to learn how to describe her properly uh she wasn't beautiful but i found her beautiful she it was one of those flappy moments where I'm not going to go into the writing of it but <laughs> where Kfosh is flapping around and I mean, you don't buy the fact that he's like a proper orator or a storyteller when he's flapping like that. It's just, she's just one of those mysterious women he doesn't get. And I mean, I'm, assume, I'm, I'm assuming that as he gets older, not the storyteller, because the storyteller is at set age, but <laughs> as his character gets older, he'll be able to understand women with a less tropey feel but right now in this book I'm not judging it through any other book through this book I find Denna bad as a a concept I feel like not a concept I find her good as a concept bad at execution you know what I mean in a way I just didn't I I, I I just didn't like her that much in the first book to just yeah but I can't find the words and it's like frustrating me right now because I like the book and I like most of the characters and I don't hate Denna I feel like executed differently she would be okay it's just something there that's making it difficult for me to kind of get the point across because I know you would agree with me if I found the words I'm sure no, it will come to it you. It won't come to me <laughs> because that then there's the other dude that I hate, who's the priest of Telu, because he's just talkative. There we go. <laughs> I'm talkative, and I guess that's why I don't like him. <laughs> that was one of the only bits you texted me about. You sort of live text the entire um, caravan bit when the tree falls in the road. Yeah, I guess. Loose quotation marks. I mean, but... I guessed. We all knew it was coming. It had to come to Any... progress the story, didn't it? He wasn't going to live happily ever after with his, his was... troop. The hero's call to action, isn't it? Mm. To get the story on the road, as it were. But also, if you're in a fantasy or a historical setting, if a tree is across the road and you have no other way out of there, I think you should just abandon everything and run because there are either going to be bandits or monsters on the horizon. 
Or both. But yeah, in I didn't like the whole section of Tarbin. Um I think we're meant to say it as Tarbien, but the narrator says Tarbin, so let's stick with that. I'm just trusting Nicolaj there. Yeah, Rupert Degas. His new name's Nicolaj. Um, I actually you quite like so. Tarbin. I mean, I didn't like the priest, dude. Not because he was a bad character, again, but um, because he tells stories that are too long. Um, but I liked some of that because it built the world. It kind of, when you suffer, when he suffered, you suffered with him and you were going through this experience. You forgot his age, you forgot time and you kind of got lost in the same, like, that's something I really like about the writing. You sometimes, sometimes you would get really lost in the story. Mm. and not lost in a bad way where you're wandering off and your mind's wandering off and you're wondering what you're going to have for dinner but you're um you get lost with him so when Kvothe got lost in the city and he was hungry and getting beaten and you know he would have just surviving isn't he he's not living he's the moment that really rung with me was the bit where he gets he goes into the rich part of town he gets a nice shiny talent or something and he's like oh my god I can finally eat tonight and then he gets beaten by a guard and there are a few bits in it it wrenched me it it wrenched me and then he tries to find the coin but he can't because his eyes are swollen and then it's snowing isn't it yeah and he crawls out of the alleyway into the other side of town and these people and you think oh god these people are going to help are either going to beat him or help him and they might even take him away and but they were too built up on their reveries they gave him a lot of money but they they abandoned him when you thought that he was going to have someone help him um yeah they didn't care enough no they did their little bit of charity and then went off on their merry way didn't they it was i think it was it's the situation in real world where someone really wants to do what's best for someone but then their friends are like no we've got to go do this this menial thing it's like if you see if you're out on out in the uh, on the town or something and you see a stray dog or something getting kicked you may stop the stray dog being kicked but then your friends might say come on now let's go get drunk and it's that kind of situation instead of taking the dog home to be helped you're just yeah You've Although done being me, deed. you know, I probably would have ended the person that kicked the dog and then I mean, taken the dog home. You and I are different because we value animal lives above human. But <laughs> and I'm not joking. <laughs> but, but I find, yeah, it I was think like in that, that moment he needed as much as he needed money to buy the things that he needed. He needed. He needed well, somebody. He need, well, He was like a kid. He's actually a child at this point, and. Um, the bit that really kind of, I thought that he was going to buy a loot with that money because that's a lot of money. He could buy no, a loot. And, and you um, spend most of that whole section just being like, please, please buy a loot. Get over your grief. Come on, kid. Just slap him. Give him a little bit of a backhand. Get get a loot. You can earn yourself some money. It's the moment when his father's loot is smashed. Mm, and he describes I, the noise of it. And I tried to avoid that bit. <laughs> 
like well, I listened to it obviously but I was like curled up into myself like <laughs> uh, but after he got gets beaten the bit that really really kind of mm, gave me that gave that power was when he actually bought food with it and he's like eating it and it's warm and he's scared of these people and he's and you get that warm feeling in your belly when you're when you're imagining him eating the warm food you do I think you get really invested in the small things with him I get really invested with the food (laughs) exactly but in a lot of books you're just like yeah whatever yep they're eating yep they've got clothes it's just like a a given isn't it Mm. but with him you're really invested in the number of shoes and shirts he has and how often he eats and just the small moments of him being able to tuck himself into that chimney breast and stay warm oh other favorite moment shorter moment funnier moment when he pretend he runs through a street naked pretending to be a prince or something (laughs) it's just Just a sheer confidence of it make it so light-hearted to kind of bring it back from that child poverty child homelessness (laughs) and grief just a mad ginger dude running through (laughs) running through the street going my dad will hit my father will hit her of this it's like okay (laughs) mate go to sleep it's just great and I like that that he sort of he's a in some parts of the book he's a real character and other parts he's just he's almost a parody and I know he's acting through a lot of it Mm. but it's just the duality of it I mean some the of the that he he's happy to share with you and then the side that he's presenting the world. Yeah. Some of the bits with him are a bit jarring because there's it's like with the just the contrast of those two favourite moments alone, you can see how things can turn very quickly. <laughs> yeah, so there are really long bits that are bad and boring, but then once you get through that you get some really good moments like him throwing himself off a roof that was hilarious but the few minutes before I was bored with Elodine talking about how he got out it was like okay can you get on with something fun Elodine's just so funny and it's when he just like is he on the ground at this point or does he just le- lean off the roof and say that was the stupidest thing he's ever seen I'm pretty sure he was just stood on the roof going what <laughs> If the crazy namer thinks that you've just done something a bit crazy, you've done something very crazy. Yeah. But um, that's something about the writing as well. There are lots of descriptions to remember. It all starts to come together more as you It may start to come together, but you only hear it once or twice that this character... You only hear it once that this character... Except Ella... um, Not Elodie. What's his name? But but both. Um, you hear you hear it several times that Kvothe has red hair, but other characters aren't described half as much as he is. No, and I know that shows that he's dwelling very much in his own head. S- shows some narcissism, maybe, but um, which is actually reflected well in his character uh, behavior. But he wh- he describes the character once, and then you're expected to be re- able to remember it, but he's every time he's in a different part of his life in his story there are lots of people to remember at once so he's using these descriptors maybe once and then you just expected to know who these people are by their name and I'm like well I can't remember Ellie Dean having black hair but okay Merlin I'll believe you okay so 
We've talked about your worst character, Mr. Sticky Feet the Priest. Mm. Um, and we've talked about a few moments that you liked and disliked. So mm-hmm. overall, what would you say was the best or worst moment? So, yeah, the worst moment has to be when both decide, like, very close to the end of the book, he decides to drug a dragon or whatever <laughs> it is. He decides to drug a dragon and so the writing falls flat there with him repetitively saying and I add another half I add another half and it just keeps on saying and it's like where you could have shortened that and still kept the same impact but um, also the fact that Quoth was just a complete and utter idiot deciding to drug a dragon on the deck who likes to put out fires and start them funnily enough um, to put them out <laughs> yeah um, well on the day of the like the harvest festival or something where they burn a massive bonfire in the nearby town what is wrong I, with him he he thought it was a good idea no, i think no. he thought this would be he, cool if it happens first time and then it didn't he actively stated that they would burn was it denner who stated that they would burn a bigger fire this year just to make sure that the demons stayed bay, like stayed at bay. It should have been a clue to him that the giant fire-humping dragon <laughs> would... It is fire-humping, though. <laughs> yeah, in its drug-filled haze, would just start, you know, going at it. So, well, you know, then again, you have to remember he's like 13 or something. Yeah, and although he's a very clever kid, he's... Okay. He's also not. I'm He's not a smart Yeah, there we go. So someone who thinks they're smart, but they're actually a bit dumb. I think he might grow into some common sense. Yeah, I think but that's most people. has some common sense. He weren't raised properly. No, but that's not his fault. My favourite moment was probably the most light-hearted moment and a mi- middle finger up at everyone was the Aeolian moment. I want people to find out he's young. Or, I mean, they know he's young, but they don't quite realise how young. I want them to know his age so that everyone looks at Aberforth or Ambrose or whatever. Um, Ambrosia. <laughs> they look at him and go... Ambrosia. Ambrosia is a good thing and Ambrose isn't. Um, they look at him and go, you've been doing what to a 12-year-old? I'm slowly just de- descending his age. It's very weird. <laughs> you've been bullying a 12-year-old? Oh, no, we whipped a 12-year-old. I don't know, he's been 11 all this time. I don't know. Yeah, he's done all of this and he's what? We. Because he has, I mean, he's the most dramatic student. I think it's get, it gets to the point in the university where they're just like, oh, this has gone wrong. I wonder who may have done that. Yeah, I think the, he's a child and considering all these intelligent men should be the smartest in the country, there should be at least some kind of understanding that he is a child like you don't just are all mentally ill like <laughs> if if he wasn't a child this would be the act these acts are the acts of Elodine you know I think in I think Elodine probably knows but he wants to see how he, how the natural disaster in a child's body is going to play out I think we can't trust anything Elodine's doing because he's not well no, and I'm. I want to know: Is he 
really unwell or is he pretending to be unwell and is actually I mean he, I think he's a little bit crazy but I is think he we're as looking crazy as he makes out this. we're looking too deep into the idea that Elodie is um about Elodie I think we should what I like to do is take everything at face value um so that I can be act- shocked when things do happen and I can't wait for book three to find out what happens and to tie all the loose ends which you've mentioned hmm. okay so overall and this is the moment of truth for me and I'm kind of worried mm. would you read it again and as an addition because it has sequels if you had the spare credit would you buy the wise man's fear and um, would you listen to the slow regard of silent things because I know using lots of words I don't understand but would you listen to book two and would you read the novella about Ari? Because uh, um, you said Ari scared you a little bit. I think you really me. like her. She irritates me. Um, <laughs> uh, but I would not read it again too soon because it is a very long book. Maybe in the future, if I do have a spare credit and I finish the Hunger Games series, Um, I will look into the second book and I will not touch Ari's book until I know that I like her anymore. Like, I don't like her. So if I start... I think that's probably a good idea because you are meant to read the first two and then read her book. Mm. I I might grow into liking her by the second. It's a beautiful book to read or to listen to because Patrick Rothfuss narrates it. And it's okay. fully illustrated, and it's only short. I've seen him. I'll just be imagining him doing the voice of Ari, so thank you for that. You know what? That is, it's not a problem at all. I thought I'd have the same problem. And his, he's actually got a really nice voice. It's one Trust. of the only audiobooks that actually sends me to sleep he's in a good not way. Degas. No, and Degas. Okay, so that was the thing I said. You're going to love the narrator because he does so many different voices. Do you love the narrator? I love him. He sounds I'm so like pleased. he sounds like a combination of Gideon Emery and Nicolas Costa Waldo. Yeah, him. I find it it's a really like you can really immerse yourself in it because you don't need the he said she said so much. He does Except... the voice, and you know who's talking. Yeah. Okay. So shall, <laughs> shall we get off of this now? And um, after the bit of music. We are going to play Chandrian or Jankum. Today we'll be playing Chandrian or Jankum, uh, this or that game, because Merlin refuses to uh, accept the answers of my last quiz. No, I will not be categorised by you. I will not be one of your pegs to be fit into place. You decided all my... You I am, knew the answers that I would choose and put the worst characters in each of them. Yeah, so um, that's why we're going to be playing at this or that game. It's going to be a crossover between the... Uh, uh, yeah, Heads Will Roll and Name of the Wind. And so, for the first question, Merlin. Who would you rather take on a desert island? I'm still quite hung I, up on I this. I noticed. Both. 
Quoth or Jojo? Oh, come on. That's an easy answer. Quoth. Give me the reason. Because. Why? I mean, when he was lost in the forest, all he did was play music for ages until he broke all the lute strings. I feel, feel that that's far more entertaining. And he can, he kind uh, of knows bushcraft and all that. And Jojo just flies around. What's she going to do? Right. You know, the books, both of them have music in them. But Quoth is recited, his music is recited by a middle-aged man who sounds like Gideon Emery. Um, Jojo is actually sung lyrics of comedy songs. Plus, she can fly. She's a talking bird. She can fly from the island. So my answer is Jojo, because frankly, she does funny songs. She knows Kate McKinnon (laughs) and she can she can she can fly off the island. Go get Kate. Yeah. (laughs) Get Kate with her magical ghost attack. Save me, Kate. Who do you hate more? Ambrose or Frigg? Again, I've got to say Ambrose. I spent much really? more time hating him than I have Frigg. I mean, she's really annoying, don't get me wrong. Any other person in Frigg, it would be Frigg. But I've spent so much more time listening to how much of an arsehole Ambrose is. Uh, yeah, Ambrose is a douche, but Frigg is abusive. Yeah, but... And, um, and um, I, only, I only read Name of the Wind... So I don't know the second book, so I don't know. I know that Quoth keeps on hinting, oh, my dude tried to kill me. And I'm like, all right, lots of people have tried to kill you. Lots of people have tried to kill all sorts of characters in these books. Frigg is just an oppressive force. Yeah, but then I suppose Odin does get away. Ambrose hasn't gone away yet, and I feel like the worst is just coming. But at least Quoth can go and have adventures. He can hang with his dudes. Ambrose is just like, he just appears out of nowhere, yes. But Frigg is constantly on. That's a very good point, actually. Every time Quoth's having just a teensy smidgen of fun, Ambrose pops up. Yeah, but it's better than having Frigg constantly stopping you from having fun. Yeah, but Odin moves out eventually. Yeah, but... It's very difficult to get out of a relationship like that. She'll probably threaten to kill herself or something. Yeah, but we... And she has. we're getting too deep here. She has threatened me. No, but it's true. She's... Let's just agree to disagree. Yes. You're Ambrose. I'm, I'm, for, I'm for punching Frigg. Yeah. I hope um, to punch her, but I think Ambrose is worse. I don't really care. Uh, Frigg, Frigg deserves to be put in a blender. Anyway... <laughs> With my cucumber. Um, who would you rather be trapped with? Chantrain or Mr. Sticky Feet? I'd rather be trapped with him because at least he's nice. Like, he, he saves the children and gives them food and stuff and looks after them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because if we were trapped with Chantrain, I think I would leap on her back and you would bite her face off. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been there and done that with Chantrain's before. Not, not literally that, but I've dealt with enough Shen trains. I don't need another one. Whereas Mr. Sticky Feet really had to be con- um, convinced into telling his story. So as long as we don't go, please tell us a story. 
I think he'll be pretty pretty much quiet. Yeah, but if you bug me, I'll get him to tell you a story. I'll just slap him upside the forehead. No, you can't slap him. He's a man of God. Uh, okay. Question number four. Choose your weapon. The music or the axe? I'm going to have to say axe because I can't hold a tune or play anything. Yeah, me too. We're just going to leave a bloodbath as opposed to a diplomatic, you know. Oh, no, there'd be a bloodbath. People would be clawing their ears off trying to stop me. (laughs) But, I mean, if if we were... um... If we were talented in music, like Fove, or like Jojo, we could probably go on a diplomatic mission using it and say, don't hurt us, we are fine, we are good, we are kind. Um, <laughs> you bad guys. Where is that from or something? Yeah. I've improved it. Um, you can get away with that. I would but... just screech until they were all dead or had killed me to stop me. <laughs> You can't even write poetry. That's why you're like Ambrose. No, I, Ambrose thinks he can write poetry. I know I can't. You're an Ambrose that was uh, that was uh, throttled before he could get to Ambrosey. I'm not Ambrose. This is why we had an argument last time. <laughs> you're just delusional, mate. <laughs> I'm delusional. <laughs> I'm not delusional. I'm well aware that I'm a failure. I'm not saying failure. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> okay, so we both agree that we'll hack our enemies apart like Motuana. M- mm-hmm. Now, here's a weird question. Who do you blame for destroy- destroying your library? Kvothe or the troll? Oh, easy, the troll. Really? Yeah, because like we were saying, Kvothe manages to mess things up so badly that he messes up messing things up and therefore unmesses things. But now the issue with Kvothe is uh, I feel like the troll has more mental faculties <laughs> to get him, like, to get herself to explain herself. Whereas Kvothe, every single time we encounter him and he's cocked up in some way, he, for a wordsmith, he is surprisingly bad at convincing people otherwise. I can, I, I can safely say, if you upset the troll, she'll shoot you with her bum. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think the uh, people at the library, the Lauren, will be happy to know that there's both on hand to blame because no one wants their face blown off by a troll. Oh my god! I was just gonna say, Quoth isn't gonna be able to be blamed for fart rifle, but he can call the wind. Yeah, he's practically his own <laughs> fart rifle and. Ella Dean will just be in the background clapping and stamping his way to Yeah, he'd just be like, that was impressive. Stupid, but impressive. Yeah. So, I'm going to blame Quoth on destroying the library. I'm going to blame the troll. Just because Quoth wouldn't destroy a library. He nearly did. Well, he wouldn't destroy a library on purpose, and he would probably die trying to stop it being destroyed any further. Okay, so what's the final question? Or is this the final question? It's n- no, okay. it's not the final um. question. <laughs> I, decided to do, I decided to do a very odd, weird number of seven. So, number six. Who do you worship? Tehlu or Odin? I don't know. I can't remember anything about Tehlu, apart from the fact I think he's Jesus. 
are really long, boring stories, you mean? I remember something Whereas, that was very oh, Jesus-y, but also quite buddery. Yeah, it's so boring. I prefer the pretty rad Odin. You know, he's chill. He'll come to a party. He'll go on a lads weekend. You know, he's he's pretty cool. Oh, wait, we're talking, like, of course, we're talking about Odin from Head to Roll, not the Odin. Yeah. Okay, definitely, Taylor then. Really? You'd worship Taylor over Odin? The chill dude. I would worship as somebody that's like an actual deity instead of a dude bro. I prefer dude bro deity to the man who smacks people with sticks. Yeah, but I think if I was going to worship anyone, it would be somebody that was like worth worshipping. Odin is like a present god. He's there. He can do stuff for you. You know, if you just as long as you're chill, he's chill. He'll help you. He's helped Mortuana. He he's pretty cool with Jojo farting all the place, <laughs> and he he does help proceed the plotline. Whereas Taylor is just a, 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 an ever present, not actually doing anything figure. He's nothing except an hour worth of storytelling. <laughs> That was so boring. If I was going to worship someone and actually spend time like investing in a worship of something, I would want it to be worth worshipping. Yeah, and you get results with Odin. You don't with Taylor. I feel like you're just trying to argue me into agreeing with you. But I'm going to have to say Taylor. You know I don't... It's called an intellectual debate about which fictional god... (laughs) Shall we worship? <laughs> I'm trying to get you on my side. I'd be terrible at running a cult. <laughs> Thankfully. Have you heard the good word of our Lord and Saviour Odin? Isn't he that Norse god? No, this is a dude bro from Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. The last question, number seven, the weirdest number in the world. And if you're, you know, Jones in for a number 10, I'll change the number to 10. Choose your end. Chandrian or Jankum? Chandrian. Okay, yeah, no, you're right about yeah. that one. <laughs> I was going to say, and how are you going to justify getting a balloon full of feces thrown at you? I would have played devil's advocate <laughs> simply because, simply because, all right, I don't want to die from Jankum, but think of the stories they would tell. I think that's part of the reason that I don't want to die by Jankum. <laughs> how did they die? Uh, a Colombian drug made from fermented fart. No, fermented oh, food. it's just so bad. Oh. Like, how did someone even I come mean, up with that? Because it's a real drug. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, I know. It's a real drug. I think it was a prison thing. Oh, like. limited resources. It's the kind of... How desperate yeah. would you have to be to start testing that? Anyway, Chandrian can take <laughs> me out. and I think if you meet them separately you have like a choice of ends also you know the Chandrian they didn't even manage to kill a child because they decided to argue a bit which is ridiculous so oh they were too busy being important plot points yeah so the last so that's the uh, answer to the question the great question of all life Chandrian or Drangum so that was the end of chapter one anarchy and archivists the first official book club episode 
and we managed and we managed to do it without killing each other yeah there was a slight murder in the the first recording of it just just a minor one so hopefully next episode we will be um just as agreeable as we were today otherwise there will only be one host take it away (laughs) merlin if you don't already know our socials you can find them in the podcast description but we're pretty easy to find just search about bloody time pod on instagram and tumblr